You're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, back for yet another edition of Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. Ah, now that the mouthful's out of the way. We're back. <laughs> We're back. We are back. <laughs> uh, in the boardroom with me, as always, we have Sean Lother. Hello. How are you? Good. Diego Vender. What's going on? And unfortunately, due to a lack of mic stands, we have on the phone, Dano Drummond. Dano, how are you? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, yeah, I feel bad because you're... you're Dano's actually in the <laughs> in the vicinity of us, um, but he's around the corner at his other desk, and, and that's my it's fault. Like a, it's like I'm a rookie. I've got to work my way back up to the big time. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but now the things have really opened up here. It's uh, as far as the the whole scenario with COVID and uh, summertime, all that sort of thing. The the government has uh, now opened some things up, so everyone's allowed to be in the office and. Uh, I think um, through the through the promo videos that we shoot prior to these shows, you can see there's no barricades between mm. us or glass fixtures, so <laughs> to speak, um, which is a good thing. What do you think? Is it a good thing? Glass fixtures. Well, whatever that is. <laughs> the angled plexiglass device. <laughs> I, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> it was some kind of a... The, she- the spit a, shield. A, a, the spit shield. There you go. Because you two guys, it's, it's, it's Horkfest yeah. Central. <laughs> it's a good thing you can edit these shows, Hey, Dub. Oh, I know. Fantastically. <laughs> well, you know, I, it's... I don't want to say it's a miracle because when people speak, you don't need to necessarily swear or anything like that. But I find that in particular with sports type shows, you know, you, you, we all think that way. We're all coaches. I mean, the odd get a little riled up. Well, a little riled up. The odd f bomb or so and so's, <laughs> you know, dropping the s bomb, and that it's a little lighter weight. But uh, it's just the culture. It is the culture. It is the culture, and it's and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just uh, when we get these microphones in front of us, we seem to curtail our <laughs> colorful language, so to speak. I'm sure we, we should do that. One one day, we'll just have a regular podcast. We'll have a few beverages in front of us, and we'll just cut loose, and we'll just, have the just unedited like, version. Just like the hockey guy that won the Stanley Cup last night. And Kucherov. Yeah, did did he let fly with something? Oh, yeah. great. Yeah, <laughs> He ha- I didn't see it, so... He, he had a Bud Light at his press conference. Nice. And uh, he swore quite uh, a bit. Quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> let it loose. Uh, the hockey guys are so... They're very, very coy on, on interviews. They don't really let much go, right? You know, well, they kind of I'll be honest with you. cliche after cliche. And there was a not, time... Not last night. There was a time when I was with the Whitecaps, um, working with them, and we had to go through... And, and I'm sure you, you've probably done this at a couple of levels yourself there, Sean, with the, with the pro levels you've been at. We actually had to go through a media course to teach you how to properly deal with interviews and deal with certain questions and how to sort of pause and think and then speak before you actually just let fly. Well, um, actually, when I played, there wasn't TV, so... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of photos of guys' mouths. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just... Carry a pigeon to send the <laughs> no, I'm sure later. it wasn't that bad, but uh, yeah, it, but really interesting to do all that sort of media work and, and all those guys now, uh, they have to be drilled and trained within that. I'm sure with the fines that are out there, if oh, you say the wrong thing. 100%, there's, there's training goes on with the young kids when they come into pro clubs. Yeah, has to be, has to be. Um, isn't a part of like uh, like the pro license and things like that when you get to like that, that level, that higher level, isn't like uh, social media and things like that involved in that? Oh, I, I would yeah, think so. It it was, yeah, totally. Like I was saying, and, and the last time I was with the Caps was like, I mean, we're talking 10 years ago mm-hmm. and they were doing media training, so. Yeah. Um, it, it, very, very interesting, very cool stuff to be part of. Um, today's show, we're going to talk a little bit of club stuff to start off with, as, as always. We're going to get into, probably in the second segment if we can, a, a little bit of a, I mean, we we seem to talk about it every year, and it's usually at the beginning of the season, and, the, and it's the role of coaches, the role of the players, and the role of the parents within this game and this sport, and proper actions, proper way to speak. Uh, it just and when I say proper way to speak, it's proper ways of handling yourself on a sideline um, from from all aspects, players, coaches, parents. And uh, 
because we see it every year as coaches and on the sideline when we're uh, not necessarily with the team, but we're there to uh, represent the club and watch um, what's going on around us. We all see it. We all see there's always the, not always, but there's at times one or two, you know, people on the sidelines, you probably should be a, a little less vocal in both their, you know, ability, not even ability, in both what they're saying to their players or their their child uh, in regards to what's going on as opposed to just watching the game and being being more of a, a spectator and enjoying it. Anyways, that'll be coming up in segment two. Segment three, oh, we're looking forward to that one. Lots it's of footy. Lots of footy. It's all about the different uh, things that have been going on the last uh, month and the months ahead. Uh, we've got so much going on. Euros finals. We've got the Copa America finals. We have the Gold Cup just starting. We have the Olympics starting. It's... Uh, it's going to be crazy. It'll be crazy to talk about it because apparently there's a huge problem in Tokyo right mm-hmm. now that they're massive that they're going through. And um, I, I just well, we'll see how it runs. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. So let's start. We'll get we'll get into sort of a I don't want to say a, a you know we'll just we'll just talk about what's going on. So I'll let you start off there, uh, Sean, uh, with regards to club and what we're doing and how things are going. Yeah, I mean I'll keep mine brief so that Dana can talk about Phoenix and D about the community program, but. Um, Obviously, the kids are back playing games after the long weekend. Both leagues are fully operational now uh, here in the Edmonton area with EMSA and ESA. And uh, it's fantastic. The, the kids are loving it. Uh, actually, I was out at a game last night with our women's team, our Div 1 team. We won quite easily 8-0. I think it was down to the coaching, but... But you know, Andy's done a great job there. (laughs) Unfortunately, Andy wasn't there last night until after half time, and it it was six nil at that point. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's it's great. I mean, this is why kids play sport is to play games. So you can do all the training you want, and the fitness training, and the psychology, and whatever. But at the end of the day, they they want to play games. The parents want to watch games. Coaches want to coaching games. So it's just wonderful to see after, what is it, 18 months now, or whatever it is, that we haven't had meaningful games. And we're now playing games that mean something. Yeah, yeah, for and sure. And it's going to get better. You know, kids are rusty. Play, players are rusty. Coaches are rusty. Coaches are not coaching the level they were before. Uh, but that will all come. That will all come back. Everyone's going to enjoy this even more as we get more into the season. So it's just a, it's a great time for not only Sherwood Park soccer, but the the whole of soccer in yeah. Alberta and throughout Canada. Yeah, it's it has been great. I, I too was at a game last night, and uh, outcome wasn't quite the same, but uh, it sure was fun to see everybody playing again and and and, and running around. That I haven't seen as many people along the sidelines in quite some time either. I, it, that's also a good thing. Parents coming out to to enjoy the the evening sunshine and uh, and watch their their children play. It's, it's been fantastic, fantastic. So, um, do you want me to throw? Do you want to? You, no. Oh, uh, hey. Let's go community. Hey. We're, we're, we're going to switch community. orders. We're going community first. Yeah, I just want to just touch a little bit on on what Sean was saying. You know, out being out at Millennium Place, and you know, there's a few games and um, atmospheres buzzing. You know, coaches and and players enjoying the atmosphere and. And can we can we say much about Millennium Place and what an atmosphere that is? When you've got you know two or three games going on, and you got the rest of the Sherwood Park Phoenix teams are training, and you got it's just it was just wonderful to yeah, be at. So it's pretty incredible complex for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean that was great to be at last night. The community program we've been going. Um, unfortunately, you had to take that little bit of that week off for the for the heat, the heat uh, yes. and, and whatnot, and that was a bit uh, of a bump in the road. But we'll. We'll carry on, but we yeah, teams are back on on the field. Um, grassroots program is 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 back at it, and um, credit to Richard Espinoza and the U five U six program and the U four program for getting out there. Uh, we've brought in Matt Oosterhouse uh, to help in with the U sevens and a little bit of the U elevens this year as well too. Been you know touching base back and forth with both of those uh, with those guys and and uh, have to make some tweaks here and there because we've we're at a new we're at a new space and at Clover Bar and there's a little bit of uh, some some field issues and stuff like that but you know we work it out right and um, however talking to coaches 
uh, engaging with players because I'm out with the U11s as well on on the Tuesdays and Thursdays and the U11s as well on the Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, just seeing them, you know, being able to jump in and coach with the, some of the coaches, yeah. uh, help alleviate, alleviate some of the coaches that you know might not be there. It's just it's it's been great, and you know, I'll, I'll take the words from Matt. Oh, he's like, wow, this U7 is so refreshing because. <laughs> It's just the kids are out there. They're just out there to play, and they're you know they play their four v four, and and they they have their sessions before and and whatnot. And it's good. And and this year our um, you know U fifteen nineteen girls program is a little bit different. And we've got uh, Steve uh, Steve Ciccini and Glenn Sergener uh, heading up that sh- uh, that ship on the on the on the girls side. And mm-hmm. then uh, we have a technically led program with the with the U seventeen to nineteen boys. Nice. And Mario's in there as well too. Yeah. So it's uh, we've got a little bit of a different layout than we would normally have, and with the split season and things like that. So we're uh, we're about uh, one week away uh, from it being we take us taking our first break. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, kudos and thanks to all the coaches that have stepped up. We've had to make some calls and yeah. and uh, get some people to fill in for some people that are on vacation and things like that. But we're just making it work. We're we're getting people involved. So that's the nature of summer, though. I mean, yeah. people are going to be taking those holidays and those breaks, and 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 you do need to find people to fill in, which particularly when they've not been able to go away on holiday. Yeah. Well, and that's you the know, that's so the biggest now thing. There's this opportunity. I mean, people are taking advantage of that. Oh yeah, and I don't see how you couldn't. To, you know, if you've been at all cooped up in the house for any length of time, or or at least cooped up in your own family cohort, it's yeah, you get that opportunity to get out there. It's time to get out there. Yeah, and with the weather that the way it is right now, who doesn't want to be at the lake? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Dano, switching over to you with the Phoenix. I know uh, we sort of already touched on it, so I'm sure there's not a ton to say, but uh, everything's yeah. running smoothly. Yeah, no, you guys kind of covered a lot, a large part of it. I think um, biggest adjustment we've seen this year is obviously we've jumped in from social distance training right into a season, and then that's been uh, such a positive note, but such a big jump. And like you guys alluded to, we're up at Millennium, and you're looking around and thinking, this all looks so different a month ago, right? So it's 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 a, it's a bit strange, but it's definitely definitely such a good change. It's it's really it's back to normal. The parents are watching their kids playing. You got U nines and U elevens and we got 17. We got all our age groups up there, so it's fantastic. It's good for the younger kids to go by a field. Um, I actually have my niece playing in a, in another club, and she came by and watched some of the U17 session. It's just good, just to have role models, right? To see older girls or older boys in the program. I think that's great. Um, I, I think the biggest thing that we're we're experiencing right now is that our coaches are working in so many programs. And um, for those that don't know, our, our girls program have shifted into uh, the EMSA league, and with that has changed our league games really from a Saturday and a Sunday into um, weekday games. And so it's, it's busy, it's hectic, but our, our coaches and our tech leads are, are managing and everybody's just enjoying going from sessions to games. And uh, yeah, it's just nice to be back on the field. And like Sean said, it's nice to be coaching in games. So we've got one tonight, first one with the U17. So yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable. So we're happy to be back. That'll be exciting. I, 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 yeah, Is it the first game you've... Uh... Gotten a ch- no, you've been out at some of the PDP stuff, and then that's been going well too, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, the PDPs had uh, two exhibition games, so we hosted a series with Scottish um, that was really well done and, and put together. And then we also went out to uh, St. Albert and played Impact before the week of the heat. So um, games have been competitive. It's, it's been very well put together and, and, and well run. I think everybody's eager to get the league up and running. There'll be a few Calgary trips um for our group heading down there and then obviously Calgary coming up here. But yeah, the home opener is going to be next Wednesday, which I believe is the 14th at Emerald Hills. We've got um, the boys followed by the girls at 610 for the boys at Emerald Hills. And then I believe 830 is the kickoff for uh, the girls. So definitely looking excited to that to get a big crowd out again. Yeah, uh, that's that's very exciting news about uh, about all the games and stuff kicking off. Now, I, I and I know everything's open now. They've opened everything up. AHS and the government have opened everything up now. So the travel is okay then now, or is that, how's the travel part of it working? Yeah, the travel's fine. We can go down to Calgary, no problem at all. Calgary can come to us. Uh, we still have to contact trace. Okay. You know, we still have to do that. Yeah. So we have to sanitize the balls before the the kickoff. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a few little minor things we still have to do, but generally it's like game on. There you go. Well, it was it was funny because that was one of the comments after, and I, I don't want to throw them under the bus. That actually the comment came from one of the officials because uh, at the end of the game, the girls started lining up to go shake hands as they normally would, 
Uh, and then one of the officials came out and said, no, 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 you guys, you can't, we're not supposed to do that, you know, quite yet. And, and we all sort of chuckled, including the, the, one of the officials who, who actually said, and I don't know why we can't do it. This is ridiculous. They've been bumping shoulders all game. You know, 90 minutes of banging into each other and uh, you can't shake hands. So, I, and I know, I know it's one of those things. It's a little different when it's a direct sort of uh, thing, uh, I, I, it, I suppose. It, it's probably not different. It's just trying to mitigate less contact. Yeah, and that makes right. sense. Yeah, for sure. And it'll be something that we just have to deal with for the next uh, little while until we get another announcement. Well, there's been point. several games where I've never wanted to shake hands with players. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just storming off the field. Eh? Just storming <laughs> off the field. And I suppose if you were, you know... You know, from Denmark, you probably want to be storming off the field too, right? Right, Why? Denmark? That was a total. <laughs> yeah, it's any chance. <laughs> spoken like a true Englishman. <laughs> hey, listen, we're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to open things up a little bit and uh, have a chat about the roles within teams, players, parents, and and how things should work now that we're into play here and, and how uh, everyone should be. I don't want to tell people how to act, but there's some... Some protocols we should all be kind of following at least a little bit. Anyways, you're listening to Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk of the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. And we're back. Yes, you're listening to Soccer Talk of the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We are in the studio with Sean Lother, Digo Vender, and Dan O'Drummond. And you know what? We've got a videographer in the room, too. Big Jordan. Jordan. Shout out to Jordan. Shout out to Jordan for doing our uh, videotaping for promos and things like that. He's a fantastic guy. And the social media content as well, yeah. Social media content, marketing guru, or, you know, wannabe marketing guru soon. I think you've graduated, haven't you? No, okay. Oh, he's got a little bit more to go. Sorry, he doesn't want to be on the microphone. One bad thing, he's a hockey guy, though. Well, he's a hockey guy. No, I don't mind that because I was a former hockey guy myself. I went into uh, soccer, obviously, heavily, but um, I know where you're coming from, Jordan, okay? <laughs> All right, so we alluded to it earlier, um, it, and, and we've had requests from people to say, can we talk about this? So I have no problems with talking about it. I know myself as a coach, um, I've kind of, obviously through the years, I'm, I'm, I'm older, you know, just not quite 100 yet, but I'm getting up there. <laughs> um, but you go through protocols. You understand how to speak to you, both your players. You know how to speak to your parents. And you know what kind of a guideline that you would like everybody to follow at the beginning of the season. So I, I would always hold a parent meeting along with the players at the beginning of each season to talk over, A, what I'm planning on doing, hopefully throughout the year, B, how I'm going to treat the athletes, the players, and C, how I will deal with parents and deal with them. And that sounds harsh. I mean, how I will speak to them. And, and then I will also let them know what I expect from them and what I expect from the players. Um, so I, I think it's pretty simple. I, 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 I don't know. I just see so many things that go on and and then not to throw the the parents totally under the bus but there's inevitably there's always two or three maybe one or two uh in each group that are way more vocal and again being vocal is okay if it's in the right manner am i saying this right am i sort of giving them a, sort of an idea of like a, basically it's the coaching don't coach your own kids when you're on the sideline that's one of the biggest things for me yeah it's a, it's a tough one um I think society in general has changed in that parents are more involved with everything that the kids do. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's more parents going to schools to discuss what's happened with their kids at schools than certainly when I was in school because my parents never, ever went to to my school. Maybe my dad to watch me play a football match, but that was about it. Yeah. Um, but now it's, uh, it's, it's more ingrained in society that you're – more involved with your kids and making sure that their activities are, are correct, et cetera. So 
I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that's that's the reality. There's just more involvement with parents now with the, the lives of their children what it was when previous generations. Yeah. So however it's it's incumbent on clubs really to set down some guidelines and some procedures to help that those those situations. So Probably on us, and we might not have done a good, a good enough job with that. Yeah, yeah. Something that we should certainly look at and make sure there's guidelines in place. It's it's, it's documented. Here you go. This is what you ha- what you have to do. But generally, same way. If I'm if I have a team that I'm in charge of, I'll have a meeting with the the parents separately from the players. I'll have a meeting with the players as well, and then m- maybe one together. Mm. But just to, just to go over what what the expectations are, what the guidelines are, what's allowed, what's not allowed. You know, I mean, a parent coming coming up to a coach after a game to complain about playing time is probably not a good thing to do. Yeah, emotions are high. You know, that should be sorted out later on. But I don't think there's a problem if a parent comes to a coach about that. But that's be a procedure to do it. Yeah, no, and as, I, as an example, and I would think that I mean, it, it, there are no problems with parents asking, okay, well, what are you going to do as a coach as far as how you're going to coach my child, or or what are your expectations? Like asking those questions is fine. Like you said, that parents are way more engaged in 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 what their their children are doing within sports, school, all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, but my point is, I think it's it's incumbent upon the club to. St- to have guidelines in place mm-hmm. that can be followed rather than just leaving it to the coach themselves. So that's something that we have to do. And and we do have guidelines. Yeah, mean, yeah. We do have them right now, but we have to reiterate that. COVID's made it, made it difficult to have parent meetings, et cetera. You can do it online, but it's not the same thing as being, being in a room and looking people in the eye and, and being speaking able, to people. Yeah, for sure. It's just not the same. So I think moving into indoor... You know, it will be a case of we must have meetings with our parents, mm-hmm. with the coaches, etc. This is what the expectations are. Yeah, it's kind of like Dano right now. We're not seeing him eye to eye, but uh, I think I think he knows what's going on. And he's probably the you know the most troublesome guy. Oh, there, there we go. The door opens in, and in the voila. club. <laughs> no, he's probably the nicest guy in the club. Yeah, nicest yeah. guy in the club. But do you same process for you though, Dano? With yeah, you know, like within our Phoenix programs as well, I think something that we do very well, and he and I kind of had um, one yesterday, and he connected with one of the parents and just thought, hey, Dan, let's chat. Let's just kind of prepare a little bit. And we, we gathered the parents together out on the pitch. It's a larger group. There's three teams at U11s, and um, that's, that's the beauty of having our tech leads. So I'll connect with our tech leads, and um, we'll go out either as a staff, as myself and the tech leads, and we'll meet with different parents to go over that stuff. So it gives a little bit more of a personal touch when there's um, a couple of you and you're, you know, you're not speaking to a mass group, you're speaking to a specific age group because I think they feel it's more personable, right? You're, you're speaking directly to their son or daughter. So I think that's always a positive and definitely something we'll get, we'll get back to with the tech leads for the indoor. So that's, that's a positive coming out of it for sure. And I think we do a good job. I'm not saying that we don't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that most problems occur when there's no, nothing wrote down that people can look at and know this. This is what these are the guidelines. Yes, yeah. you know, be held accountable for that. And if they stray, you put that in front front of the person. This is what you agreed agreed to do. Yeah, and and I've I've been around other clubs uh, outside of this when we will have those handbooks where it's like a, a manager's handbook and then there's yeah. a parent handbook and a player handbook. So there's always some type of an idea of uh, your expectations or what's hopefully expected of you as a, as whether it's the athlete, parents, um, or the coach, even you know, uh, and and what they go through. What about yourself, there, D? Yeah, I mean, I can I can talk a little bit about the community program and and how how we've got things set up. So every everything in. in uh, the expectations and and whatnot for community program is right in our program outlines. So a parent can go when they go to register our other kid for a program. Everything's there, and uh, we have coaches in service before um, every season, and it's the expectations again are, are reiterated within uh, within our coaches meetings and and you know giving our volunteer coaches an, an understanding and idea of what the community program is about. Um, are they a grassroots coach? Are they, you know, a tier four, um, you know, community coach at U13? And what we're really looking for and 
um, in their ability to help mentor and coach the, the, the kids that they have. And, you know, we always talk about that, that initial parent meeting is, is about understanding that, you know, we are community and, um, you know, everybody's going to, to play equally. Um, you know, if you're away and you miss a training session, you're, you're going to play because that's that's uh, it's part of our, our club's philosophy. That's part so of policy for sure. And and we drive that in with our coaches at the beginning. They understand that you know you're, they're facilitating uh, the program for us. And and again, they they review the program outlines that we we provide for them. And and um, if there's anything that comes about, we all, you know we offer support. We tell them about the 24 hour rule. And if there's anybody that, um, you know, has, a, you know, an incident and things like that to, to revert to that. And so uh, just, just for, just for, uh, I was going to say something in giggles, <laughs> but uh, just for my own benefit, explain what that 24 hour rule is. Yeah. D-Dub. So, I mean, you've got, uh, you've got a son that, that plays for me and, and um, you know, it's supposed to be equal playing time and, and you know what, um, I screwed up as a coach and, and, you know, I missed him, I missed him for two shifts because mm-hmm. you know what, he's in the, in the park playing in the park and, and, and I missed him mm-hmm. and you know what, and, and we, and we, you know, we, something, you know, and that's an yeah. extreme, extreme, uh, um, you know, ex, uh, example, but, yeah. um, and then, you know, you're, you're a bit frustrated after the game and you approach me after the game and say, Hey, well, you know what, my son didn't play two shifts in the second half and you, he missed that and. And, you know, we have the obligation to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to take 24 hours, let this, let everybody kind of cool heads prevail. And, and we'll have a, have a conversation as a coaching staff to see how, what happened and, and, and whatnot and taking the concern and, you know, we'll get back to you within 24 hours. So whether that, that be it on a phone call or mm-hmm. that, that be through an email, um, is just to, it's a, it's a cooling off period. Yeah. Um, I've had to use it. A, I've had to use it a fair bit in coaching in the club program. Yeah. Um, you know, within you know, Insure Park here, and then at the, some of the other clubs that I've been involved with, um, the stakes are a little bit higher. Um, playing in in tier one or tier two football and things like that, and it's it's beneficial because it gets everybody to get collected. You know, yeah. because the last thing that we want is, you know, we have a parent reacting, and then we have a coach reacting to a parent, and then. And then it becomes a bigger issue than than necessarily what it is, and mm-hmm. and then it doesn't become you know fixable at the end. So you know we give that that opportunity, and then we give our coaches you know the 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 chance to say, hey, you know what, use the twenty four hour rule. If that doesn't work, you know, call us in. We'll mediate. I'll mediate. Um, I'll have a call with the parent, or or if it's a coach, or yeah. and I've had to do that before as well. So yeah, I think um, we've seen some of those, and yeah. I don't mean just with you, but I've I've you know, been around this club long enough to see a, a few situations where you'd have, you've had to sit down and, and actually yeah, have a chat. I, I don't think it matters what level mm-hmm. you're playing soccer at. These sorts of situations occur all the time. Of course. I mean, I'll give you an example. I took a uh, an Alberta team over to BC to play against the Whitecaps. Had a, had two, go- two goalkeepers. I said to the first goalkeeper, hey, you're going to start this game. You'll play the full game. You'll get the second game. You'll You'll get the third. You'll split the third game or whatever. So yeah. it was equal mm-hmm. with the goalkeepers. So I played the first goalkeeper in the first game, did well, and then come the second game, uh, the other keeper's getting warmed up, and he just says, uh, "I don't, I don't feel too well. Um, I don't think I can play." So the first keeper played the second game as well. Well. The game had started, <laughs> it's like 15 minutes in, this dad comes storming across the pitch. What is going on here? You said my son would play the second game, etc. But it, he didn't know the story. Yeah. You know, this yeah. happened right at the game. So there's things happen. You don't mean to do things. And, yeah. you know, that parent should have had the 24-hour rule. And exactly. And he would have knew exactly what, what went on, right? Mm. So or it, at the it, very it happens least, all the time. Yeah, or at the very least... Wait till the match is over and you've spoken yeah. to your son yeah. or daughter and 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 know what things going what's going on. Are you going to be that way with your daughter, uh, Dana? She's playing tennis, so it's not. Oh, that's right. right. She's, she's a tennis gonna, player. She's going right. to be an individual. <laughs> no, to be honest with you, it's like I think being in this line of work, you get to see um, a bit of everything—the good, bad, and maybe the ugly—and it, it kind of shapes you when you're going to be in those positions, either as a parent on the sidelines or a coach with your own kids and. And seeing things along the way, so I definitely think these experiences bode well for when, you know, you are parenting your kid within sport. Um, I do think the important thing is 
as much as we want to maybe at times push parents aside if we feel they're going to cause trouble and this and that, it, I think it's, it's, it's very positive to create a good rapport and, and be respectful for when parents have concerns um, because no different than maybe any other um, environment or situation. If this parent feels that, you know, they're, they're getting disrespected or not being heard, they can quickly fester and create a bit of um, a negative culture within the parent group. And, you know, your one or two parents that you could have dealt with is maybe now a group of six or seven because they've been brought into, um, you know, some parents about perhaps not seeing eye to eye with the coach. And again, this is a collective general um observation it's not necessarily experienced all the time in our club obviously we're a large club and we have to deal with these things like everybody else but it's something i really think is is positive to get out ahead of it as much as possible right so even a small situation um take the time to speak to the parents right whether it's the tech lead or the coach or myself depending on the situation i, I definitely think that's important because it, you can alleviate a lot of concerns as sean said with just getting some clarity about people having an understanding and perspective of what's going on on the other side of, of the coaching of the coaching side of things. So, yeah, I, I, I want to say that the, I, th- I think, uh, I think a lot of, a lot of people tend to lose sight of the development side of it. We're developing these players. I mean, I know personally for me, when I coach, I, and I, for the most part, I'm, I'm dealing with the goalkeepers, but I'm also TL of a group right now. And my, my thought in my mind is to try and, Get these players to be a, you know, try and grow them a little bit better. But my thoughts are, I want to get them to college. I want to get them to a university. I want to get them to continue loving the sport and to keep playing. That's that for me is my more successful goal than anything else. And and so for it's all about development. So when I see people get a little more over the top at thirteen years old, or you know, even fifteen years old, sometimes uh, about what's going on and why is my child not doing this and it's. Okay, we can answer some of those questions, but it's it's the reality behind it too. I'll take a little bit further. I think most of us, I'd say the vast majority of us that are involved in this in this sport or any sport, we want to create nice people. Yeah, for sure. You know, that's the the, the bottom the bottom line is we we want to have people come to our program. They're well rounded. They re- respectful. They want to go on and be productive in their life. If they can get a soccer scholarship, go on and play at a higher level. That's just a bonus. I yeah. mean, it's really about developing people to be good quality citizens Yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot more of them than these get the players that go on a higher level of the play. And then another point I'd like to make is we're talking about, you know, a small minority of parents. I'd say 99% of the parents aren't like that. No, for sure. They're there to let their kids have an experience to to enjoy, to to gather skills, to help them later on in life, etc., to get fit. You know, that's what most parents are there for. It's not to try and have their kid become a superstar. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and to, to add on to that, I mean, I think within our community program and our Phoenix programs, we're you know, we're as strong as a club and an organization as we are because of parents, right? Because, you know, you have parent managers, you have parent coaches uh, within community, within Phoenix. You have people that really will will give up their time on weekends and evenings to make sure that it, it's not just about their son or daughter, right? It's not an individual sport. They're looking after a group of 12 to 18 um, boys or girls. So, yeah, I think it's great uh, the culture and the community that we've created out here and kudos to all the parents that... Uh, to step up and help out because we we wouldn't be where we are now without. Yeah, I can I can add to that. I, I I'm a believer and 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 this is me evolving as as a person and as a coach. You know, we very are very used to be that 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 person who was. You know, I'm the, I'm the coach of the team and, you know, just drop your kids and leave me alone. And that was me very, very long time ago. Um, I think we were all like that. And but it's not that's not the way I am anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I truly, truly believe that. That was a fluke last night, but hey, did a cream soda Slurpee last night, man. It was awesome. Is that good? It's a, un, unlike <laughs> our friend uh, who never shows up for these, uh, Andreas, <laughs> who hands apparently owes a lot of candy to a lot of people. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah. But as I was as I was saying, it's I think it's important to to have the parents involved. Um, then you can be able to engage, uh, you know, what their thought processes are. If you're having conversations, if you're, you know, if you're bringing them in on on some of the details of the vision that you have and the and and bringing them in on the the philosophy of the club, then and you you get them to buy in. Uh, hopefully, you 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 get them to to understand as well where you're trying to go in this group. Uh, that you have so I think it's important I think it's very very important to build those relationships we talk about it every day you need to build the relationships with the players on the field it's very very important to to build the the relationships with the players uh, and the parents and mm-hmm. and and continue to to grow and, and encourage them to come to a training session yeah. encourage them to say hey this is what we're doing come and watch this I'd rather you come and watch a training session than come and watch the game because there we have there's more excitement here there's you you get to see the your your child work and 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 develop in this in this you know in the, in this space and 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 try to get them to understand that the measurements are different the yeah. measurements that we're looking for are going to be very different than maybe they're they're looking for and they're trying to, to switch the uh, switch that mindset so what's interesting about that is they get more playing time in practice well, than doing the game oh for sure <laughs> for <laughs> you sure can't complain about lack of playing time. no yeah, no exactly. of course not of course not yeah. um you know, we could go on to this topic for for quite some time there's a, a whole so many different variables and ways we could think of uh how to express what we need to towards coaches, towards players, towards uh, parents, and and vice versa. I, I, I only wish we had a call-in feature here so we could hear some different uh, aspects from the from from parents who you know might be able to express some concerns. But hopefully they'll be able to hear this and and maybe even send us a, an email at office at spdsa.net yes sean always quick on the mark there with that i always lose sight of it but hey listen we're going to take a short break when we come back uh wow there's been so much footy on tv we are going to discuss it and with the englishmen around us uh, i'm sure we're going to hear uh, mouthfuls of uh all kinds of positivity there for their teams but uh and, and i've got to give a shout out to steve Tuccini. Okay, well, yeah, he's going to be a happy camper knowing that Italy's in it for sure. Um, So you're listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll be right back. This episode of Soccer Talk in the Park is brought to you by Above and Beyond Compression Inc. They have the largest inventory of natural gas parts in Western Canada. Yeah, a little Spanish coming your way. No, you guys didn't hear, but... uh, God save our <laughs> gracious queen, long live our noble queen. Oh, man, that's coming from the English side of the table here. Yes, we are going to talk some, uh, we're going to talk everything. We're going to talk Euro. We're going to attempt to talk Copa America because I don't know how many of us have actually seen a match there. We're going to talk Gold Cup because that's coming up and actually they've had the preliminary rounds and uh, we're actually going to get into the competition starting up. Hey, we've got the Olympics starting soon. The Olympics. Um, which are, and I say the Olympics, the, obviously the full Olympics are on. We're more concerned about the football side of it mm-hmm. and uh, the women's tournament. The women's side. Yeah, the women's side because we well, have you know, we got to give it. we got to give a shout out to, to Kelsey Mitchell, former uh, SPDSA and, and Nate Ook, who's going to be uh, trying to win an Olympic gold medal in, um, uh, I want to say it's, it's cycling. cycling. Yeah, cycling. cycling. So. Wow. Yeah, like just. You almost said biking, didn't you? I was going to be like, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say, but. <laughs> How many, I never even thought to ask or, or thought to look on that Canadian national women's team. There's there's definitely a few from Alberta. You've got LeBay, you've got McLeod, who's originally from here. Who else is, is there? Are there any others on the team? That's it. That's it? The two yeah. keepers? Well, that makes me feel good. <laughs> well, it makes me feel good because I'm a keeper coach. So, and I've worked yeah. with both. <laughs> That's hey, awesome. I don't know what that says. Bobby's yeah. class. Absolutely we, nothing. We, she's class. She okay. is class. They, yeah. they both are. Um, Okay. I can't believe though she's 30 like she's going to be 35 because she's my age. Like we grew up, we grew up in the same club. Did you? Yeah. Steph and I. And I'm like, I can't believe she's 35 and it's going to be starting in an Olympic. And I think it was like, that's it's insane to me. Yeah. McLeod's the same age, right? McLeod's the same age, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure she's the same age. I think, so. I think she's older. I want to think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. I'm just, you know what? With the, with the amount of injuries she's had to her knees and to different things and to be able to claw her way back to that level, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, well done. Well done. Well done to, to both because 
um, Steph had her own issues uh, mm-hmm. within football at times and uh, yeah. with the, you know, battles with herself. And uh, wow, to, to get through that all and to be part of it. And then Steph's partner is like an Olympic cyclist yeah. as well and was an Olympic skier. Like, I've been to several yeah, different amazing. types of Olympics. So um, exciting, exciting times ahead for sure. Shall we discuss the Euros, gentlemen? Um, yes, we shall. <laughs> who's going to take the lead there? Which English fellow would take the lead? Is it going to be? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's only fair. Sean gets the first track. Okay. Right I just, fair I enough. just want to know how the heck did you guys get the, the chance to play every game at Wembley? Come on. We didn't. We went to Rome versus Ukraine. And one game. One, one game. No, fair <laughs> enough. I guess they decide where the final is going to be before the tournament. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to bring one thing up. Quite, it's quite clear. The penalty was a penalty. It went to VAR. There wasn't enough evidence to overturn the, the penalty. So it was a penalty. Plus, we have been messed around over the years. The hand of God. <laughs> I mean, now and again, How things have to go our way. <laughs> that was 1960s. No, it was never. That was, that was 86, yeah. I was still in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning very quickly. There's a lot of salty people that are not happy to win, you know, almost at the top here. It's, it's very sad to see people <laughs> in our club, you know, people that support Germany, probably maybe hey. Italians. We'll see what happens on I'm, Sunday. I'm 12% German, so I'm, I was very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, we're all delighted. Well, all us English supporters are, are, yeah. are delighted that's, that we're there. We deserve to be there. I mean, we were the better team in the semi-final, no question about that. There was a period where Denmark came back into it and caused us some issues. Wonderful free kick to put them ahead. But the response from response from the group was fantastic. Kudos to uh, the coach, Southgate. You know, I, he, puts, he puts Grealish on, who the press, the whole country has been saying, Grealish has to play, he has to play, he has to play. You know, he went in there, did okay. Go up to one, and he has the guts to pull him off. And a lot of coaches wouldn't have done that, but it was the right decision. I didn't think it was at the time, mm-hmm. but they got the job done. Uh, we deserve to be there. We're going to march on, beat the Italians on Sunday, and we'll be favorites for the World Cup next year. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I'm just happy to see such great football. This entire European Cup has been a blast to watch. When I've had the opportunity to watch it, obviously just the timing of the games, you're, you know, the, the availability to watch them isn't going to be easy. But, uh, man, I settled in every weekend when I got the chance to watch some of those earlier games in particular. Fantastic. The football was just awesome to watch. Yeah, I would agree. I think, I mean, I haven't had a chance to watch as many games as, as some have, but uh, I would think that, you know the format and and the the five substitutions and things like that that i think brings a different element of competition for sure and and you can see it in a game like like um denmark england when it goes into extra time and you're you're able to bring you know you're able to bring jordan henderson from the bench you're able to bring you know like you know quality players that are that uh, that can come in and, and impact the game and and yeah, obviously liverpool guy yeah um <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's just, it just makes the game more entertaining. You know, who wants to see 30 minutes of extra time when you've got, you know, players that have, have played in a, a long, you know, tournament and, and, and busting minutes and minutes and minutes. And mm-hmm. so it's just, the quality was just so good. I was just enjoyed that part of it. I just love seeing how the, the fact that you've get your so-called favorites in there and, you know, every game was a battle. Every, mm-hmm. every, every team had a chance to do well. I don't think there was too many lopsided games that I saw there was the the one England game that was four nil and there was a was it the first France game that was uh, lopsided? I think so. Yeah. The first game that they played, uh, yeah, Spain. I mean, Spain won five nil. Spain so. won a big game too, yeah. but I mean, for the most part, the parity was pretty good. There, there was quality throughout, um, which was nice to see. And now it's obviously the quality's uh, risen, and uh, now we have a final. We have a an Italy England final, and uh, by the time you hear this. Well, the game won't have been played because this will be up uh, in the see, next day. Steve, see, I told you I got you them to mention Italy. Yeah, Steve, <laughs> Steve Ciccini, we've talked about Italy, and you'll be a happy camper. I'm sure you're going to want to be on the next episode, depending on what happens in that game. And I'm sure if they... Let them on if they lose. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but but credit to Italy too, right? Like they they've looked they've looked a dominant force throughout the whole tournament from you know from from the start of it. So it's Roberto Mancini working the magic again. You know, yeah, Italy's done. Uh, Italy's done fantastic. Kudos to Denmark too. Yeah, um, there was a, there was a screenshot I saw on Facebook of after two games played. They had zero points in their bottom of their group. And yeah, sure, naturally how the group went, um, you know, they only had to gain three points. But then they thumped Russia and beat Wales 4-0. Like, they just responded so, so well. So to be bottom of your group with one group match played and then get to extra time of going to the final and with the whole Ericsson situation, it's been it's been a pretty cool story. I think probably a lot of neutrals are pulling for Denmark and a little bit of the underdog story. Um, but yeah, I think England's just so happy you get to that final because it's been 55 years and now you're kind of thinking well, well wait we now we, you have to go and win it now like there's no way fans of us so yeah. it's going to be nerve-wracking I, I was a, i was a bag of nerves yesterday after we competed <laughs> and then, then it was 1-1 in the 70th minute and you know if you're normally watching a game and you can cross this half you know maybe they're going to cross it in gets blocked and goes out for a throw and nothing major but in tournament football, you just think everything's going to go against England. I just remember Iceland. I remember Romania, Euro 2000. I just remember too many things that go wrong. And I support Spurs and England. They're very similar. You get high hopes and you get some crashing down. So this is new territory for new territory for me. And I'm not really sure uh, I'm supposed to act on Sunday. But we'll see. It's going to be fun nonetheless. But let's, let's just be honest here. It could have it went the other way. If Schmeichel pushes that ball a little bit more to the left, it's still 1-1. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's the thing. Like, England definitely looked good, you know, towards the end of the second half when we were pressing, we were asking the questions, and then in extra time we, we left off there. But uh, no different than Italy kind of – I thought in, Italy absorbed a lot of pressure from Spain. I thought Spain played very, very well. And, you know, you get the penalty shots, and then you, you penalty gets you don't know what's going to happen. So – yeah, it's nice to get there. I definitely don't want to see penalty kicks on Sunday. Uh, I don't think I'll be able to manage that. So. <laughs> what time is the game on Sunday? One o'clock, isn't it? One yeah, one o'clock. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see it. I'm, I'm hoping I will. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to miss it for sure. Oh. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, at least at CTV you could tape it if you wanted to. Yeah, I'd probably and, end up And tell I'll everyone to shut up back. and, <laughs> and I'm not, not let you know. I've watched I've watched a couple games back, yeah. just you know, knowing the result and stuff like that. But it'd be nice to watch the watch the final. But it's amazing though. Like I was four when England won the World Cup in nineteen sixty six. That's how old I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we've been terrible ever since. Well, not terrible. We've had some good teams, some good times, yeah. But you know, things have always gone against England in regards to World Cups or European Championships, etc. So this is so exciting you know, for yeah. people of English descent or whatever. And obviously the people in England right now, they're, they're going crazy. My relatives are on Facebook, etc. I mean, they're all having big parties, whatever. But, you know, it's just a great time for English football. Yeah. You know I mean? And not just this, but the last few years, when under 17 World Cups mm-hmm. and under 20 World Cups. Under you know, 20, yeah. Uh, you know, so definitely the, the system in England has improved, um, developing more skillful players that are as skilled as... A lot of countries in the world, and uh, we're just all delighted that we're in the final. Uh, so it's <laughs> yeah. so nice to see some of the younger players get on the pitch too. Oh, I just think it's been brilliant throughout the whole entire tournament to see you know you know a younger squad like England has a, a, a young squad like like um, like Italy has Spain young squad. And it's just all these players that are you know, like who's that? Who's this? And who's that? And it's it's just where's Iniesta? <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's like oh man how good is pedri my god yeah. go ahead England, even even sterling you're gonna think um oh sterling's getting up there he's 26 yeah i know he's under 30 yeah. he's well under 30 who's the oldest player in the squad dano do you know um i have to think maybe who's in the reserves like I think it might be Hendo. Like, 28 this month but even even him, he's a couple years under thirty. So I look I look forward to even the twenty twenty six World Cup, and I'm thinking, Bowden's going to be mid twenties, and you're going to have Sancho and Rashford won't have been at thirty then. Like you're still going to be good for um, a long time. Let alone they'll be developing players along the way. So I just think it's going to be coming home year after year at this point. I just nobody <laughs> can talk, talk me off of it. 
just ride the wave. Well, Hendel's 31, so he's probably the oldest. He's probably the oldest. Hang on a second. I'm just opening this up, and it's going by age. And Kyle Walker's 31. Jordan Henderson's 31. Everyone else is younger than that. So 31's the oldest. Oldest. There's a couple of guys that are 28. A couple of guys that are 28. I can't believe McGuire's 28. Yeah. 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 There's a few guys there. And I'm sure on the Italian side, it's the same thing. Somebody I was having a conversation with was saying how old that team is. Are they going to make it as a squad to the, the next World, World Cup? Cup? You know, yeah, Chiellini's, Chiellini's getting, getting I think up the there. the two center backs are. Yeah, the two center backs for sure yeah. are up there. So if you think of the spine of the team, they're going to have to go way younger. Well, they got a 22-year-old goalkeeper, though, who was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I heard he was oh, really God. good. I actually didn't get to see any of their games. I and, and I'll be honest, I didn't get to see a ton of games. Again, mostly the weekend games I would, I would get to watch, but uh, lots of highlights to see how things mm-hmm. went. But... Uh, the only games I watched were England games. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Euro finals Sunday, one o'clock here, Mountain Time, uh, Italy and England. Be worthwhile to watch just to see, well, just to see great football and to to enjoy that. We had the Copa America, which I, I, and I hate to glaze over it, folks, because I'm sure there's a ton of people out there that have been super interested. I know some of the people that I've discussed uh, some of these games with were, were fully excited. One heck of a final coming up, and I think, is that Saturday or Sunday as Saturday. well? Saturday at 6 o'clock. Saturday, yeah, Saturday, 6 p.m., Argentina versus Brazil. Uh, can can Messi get his first title? Because that, that that's the big thing with Messi right now and, and trying to get some sort of a, not legacy, but what's the what was the term? You used it earlier, didn't you? I thought you said something about me yeah <laughs> about yeah, maybe maybe well, well yeah i think that's um they have the like the copa america they i think we chatted about it before they don't really have a set when are we going to run the copa america it's like every four <laughs> years of like that. every two so, that's right because i think the last copa america was like 2019 and then because messi's getting up there in age they're like well, we're going to host Copa America again next year. And then COVID <laughs> happened. Yeah. So then it ended up falling on this year, right? It's because Argentina was supposed to was supposed to host it with Colombia. But uh, yeah, like, you know, Messi's in the, Messi has an opportunity to, you know, play in the final against Brazil. Um, you know, from what I've heard, and again, same boat with everybody else, I've heard that, uh, you know, Brazil is, Brazil looks very, very good and they're playing at home. So yeah. That's uh yeah, that's about it. That's about it. But can, can Messi get over the hump, right? Ronaldo won the Euro. Um, you know, four years ago. Yeah. And that's always kind of been that battle. Ronaldo the, Messi. Ronaldo, Ronaldo Messi, Messi, yeah. Right? Yeah. Thoughts, guys? Any other thoughts on the Copa? And I know we've all talked about this ahead of time, and we really haven't had a, a, a huge chance to watch some of these games. Most of the games that have come on have been in the evenings when we're on the pitch anyway. Yeah, they've been late. Yeah, I mean, obviously Argentina, Brazil is huge the pinnacle of south american football so mm-hmm. you'd expect them to get the final and it's going to form uh it'll be a hell of a match obviously yeah. uh, a little bit of kicking will happen now and again. <laughs> you think wasn't it were we talking about it earlier about the red cards in in the copa as compared yeah. to euros yeah there's a lot more in the <laughs> in the copa americana than uh in the euros for sure yeah wondering how many referees actually got out of the stadium without <laughs> An escort. (laughs) Um, We'll go on to our last event. Uh, I know there's a lot more coming up. We've talked a little bit about the Olympics, but uh, uh, honestly, I don't know too much about when the... Have they got a schedule out yet? I don't think they've... Or they do? For the Olympics? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a schedule for sure. Okay. Well, that's that's my bad as the somewhat producer because... Daniel's just not doing anything as producer anymore. (laughs) 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 Um, But so I wasn't able to pull off the schedule for, for the Canadian team and and how the women are going to fare, who they're going to play against, but we've got the gold cup coming up here. Canada's first game, I believe, is on the 11th against Martinique. Correct. Martinique, yeah, 4.30. Uh, 4.30. So that'll be a great game to watch. But the biggest game uh, on this competition coming up is on the 18th. USA. You had mentioned that it was yeah, the USA, USA, right, Canada, uh, which is is massive. I mean, there's always a good rival bit between them now, particularly with Canada having such a good young squad. Yeah, uh, that'll be a, a good game to watch, and that's on a Sunday afternoon, three p.m. Sunday at three p.m. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> I guess my TV will be off, unfortunately. <laughs> um, 
yeah, it, it, that's that's absolutely awesome. Unless they change the coaching that day, I don't know if they will. I don't think they will. Although with, with the guys being from the, this license being from the CSA, maybe maybe they switch the times a little bit. I doubt it. But anyway, <laughs> it's already scheduled. Well, you can uh, have your TV on and doing your course at the same time. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Hopefully, it'll be something easy, like you know. Got to build that into you. How, how to put on keeper gloves? You got. You got. You got to. <laughs> you got to send Jim an email or something like that. Well, or. I'm sure somebody will. I'm sure somebody will. But uh, yeah, lots of football to watch. And then we, we haven't touched on the CPL, although it's not. I guess it is kind of a tournament. It's like yeah, the, it's a tournament. The Winnipeg style. bubble and FC Edmonton is one one and one at the moment. Uh, one loss, one win, one tie. Um, couple big goals. Couple oh, of big goals. Screamers. Some of the goals that I've seen that from was them. The Fraser Ed goal, right? Yeah, that one, and then the Asua goal, the the game before from probably about forty yards out. And then another uh, uh, Soria's goal, although Soria. it was clo- closer, it oh, was like screamer. a rocket, yeah. absolute rocket. No chance. Yeah, and there's been yeah, there's been some good goals. Um, you know, York United, you know, has been has been you know cutting touch and go. Valor's Valor's looked absolutely brilliant. Um, Forge has had a little bit of a slow start, um, but you can tell some of these teams that have been training. You know, the Pacifics, the FC Edmontons, Cavalry, those teams had the opportunity to train a little bit more than the Ontario clubs. Yeah. Um, even though Ottawa. Can you believe it? Ottawa, Atletico Ottawa took a training camp in Spain. Amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah, but uh, no, it's you know it's been it's been nice to watch some of the the FC games. Um, you know, having Alan Koch in here and he's he talked we talked about what t- type of football they're going to play and he said pragmatic. It's pragmatic football <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, but I think the trouble right now is that um, they they're not getting a lot of goals from their from their front men. Right now, and then they just signed uh, another striker. I think I believe yesterday. So, kid coming, a Canadian kid coming back from Germany. So, we'll see what if that kind of helps out um, in in getting a little bit more of a you know some goal score some goals from their from their front players. But I mean, you guys, you know, Sue is scoring from he's a midfield. He's, he's a right back playing right back, yeah, playing right back, yeah. 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 Playing, right back. Playing, playing up up as a as a right forward mm. or midfielder. Sorry, yeah. And then Frazier aired like so. So, is any word on when they're back playing games at home? Has that been discussed yet? Because I haven't heard anything. Well, it was the eight games they were going to play in this, yeah. in the bubble. Yeah. And then I think they were just wait, waiting on the decision for each yeah. city to open up and whether... That just the numbers they could have within the stadiums. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why July eighteenth like is is popping was up into my date? brain. Uh, I, I don't be. know why it's popping up into my brain, but I thought I heard something along those lines. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100 because they're sure. basically playing two games a week. Are they not? They're playing like a midweek game mm-hmm. and then a weekend game. So yeah. those it's going to be four weeks, and they're going to be able to go and play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's probably the end of July. That yeah. would make sense. I can't see July eighteenth. They're playing eight games in Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. I just that that number. Sorry, that date popped in, but I don't know why. Yeah, no, it's to- totally possible. And uh, yeah, yeah, but I think they want to be in home markets for sure, like ASAP. Um, I know that. Uh, I know that it's 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 imperative. We need to. They need to get butts in the seats, right? Yeah. Um, they can't. I don't know. If, I don't know how long they can go to, or owners owners can go two seasons. You know, well, I, I know they're gonna they're gonna want to be able to do it, and, and I mean, hey, when they, you know what, with all the weirdness that has happened over the past almost two years, uh, you've still signed up to for a ten year run with this yeah. with this league yeah. and as an owner. So I, I mean, there's gonna be some ups and downs, and you kind of think that you know the case, but there's got to be some there's got to be some relief somewhere yeah, for exactly. them. That's just. But they allowed uh, 2,500 fully vaccinated uh, fans into the stands for the Valor game there yesterday. So, oh, did they? Mm-hmm, they did, yeah. So they're, I think that's going to be um, allowed now for the for the rest of the way for the tournament. That's a full house in Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's, it's I'm serious. True. It's 2,500. It's almost a full house. Yeah. I think you can fit, what, 32, 31 maybe? I'm not sure. At, at Clark, I'm not sure. At Clark? Yeah. At, uh, although with the seats and stuff. They got that last configuration they had. Was great, the, just the way they had the things yeah. behind the goals and stuff like that. That was great. I thought they had, I thought they had to like have a minimum of like seventy five hundred seats in in every stadium. That's what I thought that the first uh, oh, initial CPL kind of like stadium setup had to have at least seventy five hundred seats. But I could be wrong about that one too. Yeah, I'm not too <laughs> sure. I, I know you could probably fit seven fifty on the 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 main grandstand size. 
was it seven fifty there no, or maybe a thousand? I know you can definitely the blue seats across the way mm-hmm. uh, is seven fifty. Like it's not more than that, mm-hmm. I think. And then you could probably fit two or three hundred in, in the end yeah. zones. Yeah, so maybe. probably three to four thousand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I would say too. So uh, interesting to see. And uh, hey, when they come back, it'll be another exciting thing to to go out and watch. Is uh, you know uh, some other pro pro. Uh, Pro soccer here in Edmonton, so exciting to be had. Listen, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up there. And anybody else got anything they want to tweak? Dano, you've been awfully quiet here. You want to say anything? It's coming home. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a car. So as you know, I'm 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 in the other room on the phone. Yes, I'm looking out the window, and across the road there's a car with an England flag on it, and it's a sign. It's coming home. <laughs> no, there <laughs> isn't. I'll sign off with that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, folks. So from uh, Sean Lother. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Diego Vender. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Dan O'Drummond. Thanks, buddy. No worries. And uh, as always, the Slurpee King in the background, Jordan. Thanks for coming out. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. We'll see you. You've been listening to Soccer Talk in the Park, the official podcast of the Sherwood Park District Soccer Association. 